0: In 1972, the band Led Zeppelin was denied entry into Singapore because the members of the band had long hair. (laughs) They were like, "Er, You look like women, but you look like men, and you're not coming into our country. (laughs) Led Zeppelin was like, Guys, this is Comedian Jonesy with Weird AF News for Thursday, September 14th, and I got some odd stories for your brain. Enjoy. Guess what, weirdos? There's a bug-eating festival. Oh, it exists. It exists. It's in Brooklyn. I'm going to post a link to it. You know, I've done some stories about eating bugs before. Do you remember the Swedish grocery chain that's now carrying, like, mealworm meatballs and that kind of thing? And you know, some of that stuff really grosses me out. But you no, know, but I would try some of these things if I was given some, you know Choices and at a bug festival, you have a whole potpourri of bugs that you can try. I'm assuming this is good for the planet, this is good for us. We need to start eating other things, exploring other food sources to ensure that we go on as a species. By 2050, they say there will be more than 9 billion people on this planet. The United Nations estimates that to feed everyone, sustainable food production will have to increase by 70%, and bugs are going to need to be a critical source of our protein. That's right. And Joseph Yoon, the founder of the Bug Eating Festival not only wants Americans to get accustomed to eating insects, but he wants children to get in on the action as well. He says insects are healthy, very healthy, containing about the same amount of protein as beef, pork, and chicken. They also contain a lot of iron, B12, and calcium, as well as all nine amino acids. In addition to offering a potential solution to global food insecurity, they also are planet friendly, requiring less water, less energy, less land, and less feed than most traditional protein sources. A 2013 study showed that children have a deeper concern for following environmental rules than for following social rules. This could conceivably manifest in children not only wanting to protect the natural world, but also being able to ignore stigmas, especially when it comes to dietary choices. That's right. Kids don't think about that stuff. They just want to eat it. The kids don't say, oh, it's got to be gluten-free. No, no, no. The adults do that. The kids go, is that a worm? Well, you know, dip it in chocolate and I'll eat it. Yoon said that educating kids about entomology isn't just healthy and normal, but it also widens their worldviews. We learn a lot about cultures through food, he says, and it builds cross-cultural understanding. Yes, educating children about edible insects increases cultural awareness. Younger generations are leaving behind many of their cultures' food traditions. By reintroducing eating bugs in America and Europe, you can say, Hey, your grandma was right. Bugs are delicious. And, you know, eating insects is stigmatized right now. It's thought of as a barbaric, I'm assuming. Uh, but, you know, if you think about it, our grandparents once thought that sushi was disgusting. So this movement is just getting started, eating bugs. But you can see it's starting to take off. The Bug Food Festival is a, is a sort of hint at where this could go. And a lot of it is just about bringing knowledge to communities, you know, letting people know that they can have access to these things, that they, are, uh, they have nutritional benefits. And especially at a food festival, you can say, well, try it, try a bunch of these things, and you can see for yourself, how do they taste? One father at the festival said, if you like seafood, then there's really no reason not to eat edible insects. Now, that seems strange to compare seafood with bugs, but actually, a team of researchers from the National History Museum of Los Angeles found that many insects share evolutionary history with a group of crustaceans. So there, scientifically, you can say, oh, my body is good with this. So you weirdos, if you want to go to a bug festival, you know, I'll put a link to this thing, and uh, man, I would love to go with you. If you want to just come to LA and bring me some bugs, we can try it together and make a a whole episode on that. Maybe we'll, um, you know, we'll just spread some awareness for this thing. Plus, it would just be really funny, I think. And, you know, I like to be funny and do funny things. And weird things. This is Jonesy with Weird AF News. Please subscribe, make a comment, give me an applause break, tell me about some bugs that you might have eaten on purpose or even by accident. A woman claims that Starbucks tea was so hot it killed her dog. (laughs) A Denver woman is suing Starbucks over a cup of tea that was supposedly so hot it gave her dog second-degree burns and killed the dog. Now, the lawsuit is new, but the occasion is not so new. This happened in the end of 2015, 58-year-old Deanna Salas Solano went to grab some tea from a Starbucks drive-thru. According to the lawsuit, when she was handed the cup of tea, the tea didn't have a protective sleeve and the lid wasn't put on tight enough. Although she's 58 years old, she's just not adult enough to put the lid on tight to ask for a sleeve herself. No, no, she's not adult enough for that. Nothing's her fault. (laughs) Now, the lawsuit says once the plaintiff received the cup of tea into her hands, the hot temperature of the tea began to burn her hands. Hot tea began to spill out of the cup through the unsecured lid and onto the plaintiff's body. The dog then jumped onto her lap while she was writhing and moaning in pain. This caused the tea to spill onto the dog as well. He was taken to an animal hospital, but ultimately died from the burns he received from the tea. Come on with this, crap. Starbucks says in a statement, We have video evidence that clearly contradicts the claims made by the plaintiff. And believe that this lawsuit is without merit, and yeah, so they are gonna win. I I would hope that they would win anyways, because this is just a case of someone clearly trying to just weasel money out of a corporation. You know, not that I'm against weaseling monies out of corporations, but shoplift or something like that. Don't don't <laughs> don't fabricate some sort of complicated lie. <laughs> this is stupid. Getting lawyers involved, no need. According to Fox Denver, which reviewed this tape, the video shows the cup most likely had a sleeve on it, which is contrary to the claims of the lawsuit. Yeah, Yeah, she's, she's a total weasel. The end of this article reads, Who was at fault for the spill seems somewhat secondary to the fact that the tea was hot enough to kill a dog. It just seems like that's not something that should be served to humans. Oh, yeah, really? Was it hot enough to kill a dog? You don't think she's lying about that as well? If she's lying about it not having a sleeve, if she's lying about the lid, she's lying about the whole process of her being burned, all of that crap, wouldn't she lie about the dog too? So why would you believe her with that? She's reportedly seeking over $100,000 in damages because she's a bad person. That's what's happening here. <laughs> and I, you know, listen, I'm the first person to say Starbucks is awful. I do not bring my business there. But there are other ways to affect Starbucks as a corporation. For one, don't bring your business there. You don't have to lie about it killing your dog. This is just frivolous. This is Jonesy with Weird AF News, only on Anchor. Pennywise keeps showing up at IT screenings, and people are losing their minds. Well, you know the remake of Stephen King's classic clown thriller, IT, is now in theaters. If you don't know that, then you should get with it, because this movie is going to be amazing, or it is amazing. I, don't, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm definitely going to see it, mostly because it's rated R. I wanted to see an R version of that. It's perfect. That made for TV when they did years ago? Uh, that's going to be nothing compared to this. This is going to be scary. It's going to be a little bit gory. I love the idea. In addition to the event of the movie being released itself, you've got fans dressing up as Pennywise and showing up to movie theaters all over the country. This is funny. This is fun. I love stuff like this. Um, and of course it's scary if you don't know what's going on and you show up to the movie to see a different movie and then you see someone dressed like a creepy clown. That, that's got to like creep you out, obviously, but Hey, I think this is great. (laughs) Novelty is amazing. So I'll post a link to some pictures of these people showing up, but I think it's cool, and I implore you, if you're going to go to a movie like that just yeah, go, as they say, balls to the wall. Dress up like the character. I think that's so cool. It's so fun. Some of the clowns are just sitting around minding their own business. Some of them are walking around the parking lot, that kind of stuff. Other clowns are getting more involved, like waiting until the movie's halfway over, then walking into the theater, like walking into the front of the theater, (laughs) like past the screen. (laughs) There's a lot of twit pics of these clowns, too, so I'll put some links to this. Stephen King's It novel, which the original movie was based off of, came out in 1986. The original movie was released in 1990. It played a big role when it comes to people being scared by clowns back then, and now It being released now is going to play a whole new role in making a whole new generation scared by clowns. Because that's a thing. Yeah, like, my generation, the, the girls are scared by clowns. Then a couple generations passed. Now this generation, the kids that are going to see this It, they're going to be scared by clowns as well. This isn't It for the franchise either. There's already talks about a second part. The first movie was technically a miniseries. The director of the new IT movie had this to say about the follow-up. We'll probably have a script for the second part in January. Ideally, we would start prep in March. Part one is only about the kids. Part two is about these characters 30 years later as adults with flashbacks to 1989 when they were kids. Well... Alright, so they're already planning out the next one. So, check out the movie if you feel like it. Dress up like a clown and go and scare the crap out of parents that aren't there to see that movie. Bring some joy to the world, that's what I say. This is Jonesy with Weird AF Nudes.